bless your holy name today we bless you we bless you father we ask you let let your presence cause knees to bow Amen. we bow the knees of our hearts before you we put aside every vain conversation that's not worthy of your presence Lord, we acknowledge you. You are higher than us. You are above man. You are God of the heavens, the possessor of heaven and earth. Our Father, we give glory to your name this morning. We, we as your subjects, your children, souls who you have redeemed, you are redeeming by the blood of the Lamb, who purchased our spirits and have gathered us together. Our Father, we are ascribing all dominion, all greatness, all reverence unto your holy name this morning. Father, we ask that come and take preeminence among us. Father, come and help our hearts today, again, as you always do. It's a high task to sit at your table and to feed out your table. Our Father, it takes help and mercy. It takes elevation. Our Lord, we ask for that elevation of spirit. This morning, with joy, you said we will draw waters out of salvation wells. I ask for the allocation of such joy, help from above this morning. I ask God that you will impart hearing of the joyful sound. Amen. Hearing of the sound that brings salvation onto our heart this morning. I pray my Father, we ask help our hearts to repent. We come in repentance. We are repenting for so many things. We are repenting for how how Nonchalantly, we have treated your table. How we have conducted ourselves around your waters, around the things of the Spirit. How we have carried on in the season of blessing. We are repenting, Father, for every wrong disposition of our heart, everything that is not worthy of you, our Father. We repent of our very carnal nature our sinful nature and father we're asking for great help today that through words our spirits our heart will gain quickening father we're asking for blessing for the heart this morning blessing to walk on our heart we're asking for his up we're asking for the balm in Gilead Lord to to prevail over our debts. Lord, as David prayed, we ask for a clean heart. Amen. We ask for the renewing of a 
right spirit on the inside of us. Thank you, our God. I I pray, Lord, may we imbibe this atmosphere of worship. May it actually permeate into the depth of our spirit, into the depth of our soul, that we begin to see you as you are. That we begin, our heart will begin to perceive you in all your holiness, in all your righteousness, in all your glory, in all your separation. May we never lose the the perception of your your glory. May we never lose the awe of you. How majestic and how glorious you are. How fairer than men, than the children of men you are, our Father and our King. We worship you. Lord Jesus, the Son of the Father, this morning we bless your name. We raise up a cry this morning out of this land, out of this place, this city. We're saying that we remember you. We remember your name. We call, we are among them that do call upon your name. And we continue to call Lord Jesus. We are mentioning you and you say whenever we gather like this, that in our midst, you will, you will be there. So we believe you are here this morning. Lord, I have nothing to teach your people. For I subject myself under you and under your spirit and under your Holy Ghost, who is a teacher of truth. I pray, may the word come with authority and power. And may it come with grace and with much clarity. May there be a sharpness of the sword this morning to to pierce through the depth of our soul in the name of Jesus. I ask Lord for the anointing of the Spirit to help us today so that we can drink out of your fountain. Thank you, our Father. We give all the glory to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. You're blessed in Jesus' name. Um, please just welcome somebody. Say you're blessed. Say you're blessed. You're blessed. Praise the Lord. Amen. I welcome everyone online this morning who's able to join us. God bless you in Jesus' name. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Uh, can you just tell someone I'm glad to be here? I'm glad to be here. Hey, praise God. <laughs> Amen. Um, so you just say, I love the presence of God. I love the presence of God. One thing I've, I've we desired, like David did, <laughs> praise God, he said, that one thing have I desired of the Lord, and that will I seek, that I might dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Praise God to, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Amen. Um, let's open our Bibles without, um, without wasting time. Praise God. Um, so I um, believe us convention is starting tomorrow. Amen. Are we ready? Are we ready? Yes. <laughs> Praise God. If you are, if you're not ready for it, just you have you have a few hours. <laughs> Praise the Lord. You have a few hours to get yourself ready, get your heart ready, put your house in order. Amen. For the visitation of the Lord. Praise God. Like I said, I will be meeting on Wednesday and Saturday. And it will pick up um, Upper Wednesday by God's grace. Praise God. It's a great season of blessing. It's an awesome season. An awesome season of blessing. The Lord has been blessing us through. In fact, we are blessed so much that the, the channels of blessing are too many. We have to, <laughs> praise God, they have to give us wisdom. 
to imagine when you need wisdom to manage blessing. Praise you know? <laughs> <laughs> God. It means that you are really, really blessed. Thank God for these times that we are alive. It's a blessed time upon the earth. Praise the Lord. You know, the, you, you count blessing by how much God is speaking, how much God is opening himself, how much he's... There's something awesome about this time. And I thank God that I'm able to witness it. I'm, a, I'm alive at this time to participate in things like this. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. When you, when, when you read old prophecies and I, you look at the time, you see that those prophecies are well, actually descriptions of times like this. Um, prophecies that... I've gone forth about moves of the Spirit in the end time when God will begin to unveil Himself. Praise God. We are moving closer and closer into the days when the knowledge of the glory of God, praise the Lord, the knowledge of the glory of God will cover the earth. Praise God. As the waters cover the sea. Amen. I'm just flipping my Bible and there are sites for um, to help us move forward, but Praise God. Um, I'm trusting for the right leading, praise God, of the Spirit uh, to help us this morning. Amen. Amen. I want us to see something. Let's see. Um, let's see Ezekiel. Let's see Ezekiel 36. Um, I want us to read that place in Ezekiel. Praise God. I think we've been dealing with the heart, things about the heart, right, recently. Um, anytime they land at the heart, I'm going to talk about the heart. It means that they want to really impart things to to people, praise God, because that's where the that's where the matter is. It's it's really about the hearts of men. Amen. Uh, praise the Lord. Um, Ezekiel 36. If you're if you're there, say Amen. Okay. Praise God. Father, we give you glory. Uh, let us see. Um, let's see from verse 24. Ezekiel 36, 24. It says, For I will take you from among the heathen. Or you see that? And then I and gather you out of all countries. And I will bring you into your word into your own land. So this, of course, is describing the process of gathering, which is the first thing that happens to a soul. The first thing God does to every soul is to gather, and that's the reason for the new birth. Uh, being born again makes souls gatherable. They make God able to interfere with the soul. Being born again, it does something about, there's a legal operation in the spirit that happens, that it gives God access to do some things that if he did them, it would be illegitimate of him. Yeah. Praise God. It's like you go into another man's house and take his child and bring him to your house. Say, I want to train you. And no matter how good your intentions are, you are breaking something. When you bring the child, after a few minutes, you see the cops outside. Praise God. You see red and, and blue lights flashing. <laughs> Praise God. Or you hear siren from afar. <laughs> Coming out, you on your phone. You see Amber Alert on your phone. All right? <laughs> Before you even get home, Amber Alert has praise God because that child doesn't belong to you. No matter how lo- you love the child, praise God, you can't take another man's child and train him. 
So, so being born again is, some, is awesome, it's wonderful. Um, it does a lot. It makes so much possible for a soul. Um, so that, that's why it is so celebrated when a soul gets born again. That's why it means so much. It means a lot. Even heaven, they celebrate because you brought in a new candidate for God to walk on. God just had a new child. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. Um, so, um, so when you get born again, of course, what, what, what happens when you get born again is the, it's the agreement of the, of the heart of a man to, to lordship of God. Right, we saw we see in the book of Romans that two, the two things that are involved in getting born again you have to believe, of course. The, the believing part, um, the believing part is um, that believing part that he was raised from the dead. Praise God, it's a it's a is actually an operation of faith, um, is a is a faith capacity that God had kept in the living soul. That's, that's, that's the highest thing a living soul can believe is the resurrection. Praise God. And what I say, that's the what? That's the highest thing. So a living, a living soul can believe for resurrection. He can believe for resurrection. It's a, it's a great belief in capacity. Uh, I believe it's the highest potential of believing. For, for the living soul. The other things living soul believes for, it can believe for properties, it can believe for things in the natural, praise God, it can believe to have a wife, and you can get a wife, you can believe for other things. But what living soul, I don't mean, I don't mean Christ's soul now, I don't mean a new soul, but just a living soul, the greatest thing that living soul can believe for is that, he, that his spirit, who was, what was dead, can be recreated and raised up. Praise God. And, and that believing task is what everybody who wants to get born again must do that. All of us, we did that. Praise God. Imagine you bring a, a sinner, a drunkard from the world and tell him one day, hey, I want you to come and believe that you can, you can raise your spirit, spirit up. Spirit, what is spirit? He doesn't even know what spirit is. So, but without knowing what the spirit is, he can believe it. Praise God, because he can be quickened by the Holy Spirit. Amen. So, the way, you know, the way, the way living soul faith works is that you believe, to receive something, you believe it. So, it's what you want to receive. That's what you believe for. Praise God. So, when you get born again, what you want to receive is the raising up of your spirit. So, in order to receive the raising up of your spirit, you must believe the raising up of spirit, which, was, which happened in Jesus. So, so, what happened in Jesus is God wanted to rot a thing that men can believe. That they can come to man and say, this thing happened, though. It happened to a man called Jesus. And if you believe that that thing that happened to Jesus is possible that that thing happened, the fact, that entrance of that belief, the operation of that faith, once the faith rises and believes that, it has an impact inside the man that causes his own spirit man to arise. That's the technology of someone getting born again. Are, are you seeing that? It's, it is the same way someone can believe for anything. Praise God to believe. When you believe that you, you are able to believe something, 
that the possibility of something, then that thing can happen in your life. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. So if the, in Romans chapter 10, it says, if you believe that the Lord in your heart, with your heart, you believe that the Lord, he raised up Jesus from the dead. When you believe that, it means your own spirit also. Because you believe in that technology. You believe in that process. You believe that that thing is possible. Once you can believe it, it will happen to you. Amen. And, but they say, no, not just believing that alone. You have to attach something else. That you have to now confess that the, you have to confess what he was raised for. Which is for the soul. The spirit, amen, is raised in order so that God can lead the soul. So that God will not be a thief when he, he begins to lead a man. He has to so that so that when he's leading you, he's leading his own property. He's not leading another man's what? Another man's property. Praise God. Um, so you, be, you, you believe in your heart that he was raised from the dead, and then you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth. That word mouth means you. Is also, confessing with your mouth is also heart too, but the mouth declares what is in the heart because out of the abundance of the heart, praise the Lord, the mouth speaks. So it means the heart must also agree. Praise the Lord. What did I say? The heart must also agree with lordship. Those two things are important to get a person born again. Amen. So when that thing has happened, born again, someone becomes born again, then that person can be gathered. Amen. And that gathering activity to gather a soul is what they introduce the milk of the word to the soul for. So the purpose of the milk, the main purpose of the milk is to make a soul gather. To gather, when you say a soul has gathered, it has gathered, it means that the soul has learned to stay in a place, not go away again. Amen. Amen. Stay in a place, not go away again. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So, and that gathering of the people it's not a gathering in a holy place. It's not gathering a, play, a person in... Uh, um, amen. It's not gathering... It's not gathering... It's not, you're not moving the soul from its essence, so to speak. Um, but what you're actually gathering, you're gathering the... You're gathering the activities of the man. Are you getting me? That's what the milk of the world does. It gathers his activities. It's not the heart, really, that is... The heart is not too much. It's not really affected as much. But it is the activity because you need to be able to... You need to be able to get a man to, to stay. Praise God. Um, to stay, actually to a great degree in almost an outward sense. Praise God. Because the milk of the world operates very outwardly. It also operates to a degree inwardly. But to the extent to which what is outside in a man is controlled from within him. Praise God. The milk operates to that level. But it's operating about the outward of a man. Praise God. Because Men, what men are doing outwardly, they affect the, the soul. 
Yes. Praise God. It, it's the, because the outward doings of a man, mm. it's the environment his soul is living in. Mm. Are, you, are you getting that? It's the environment that his soul is what? is living in. So they have to do that. Part of the, the operation of gathering um, is when you see a soul after getting born again, now begins to come to church, now begins to hang out around other Christians, praise God, and begins to pray, begins to do have quiet time, and begins to, begins to mind the things of God. And then it ha- has a sense of an inward identity of belonging to God. Mm-hmm. That sense of an inward identity of belonging to God is the sign that his soul has been, has gathered, has been gathered. You get that. So, so really what it is, is it's the soul. The gathering is just simple. The soul is just, the soul becoming aware that something has happened in his spirit, man. The soul just becoming, coming into the consciousness, not the knowledge of. Because it will take a lot of time to know what happened in the spirit, man. But to come into the consciousness that something has happened and then align with that identity. Because what happened in the spirit, when you create something new, you brought forth a new identity. Mm-hmm. Amen. And it takes some time for, the, for this for it to dawn on the soul that, wow, this is actually a new man. You, you get me? Praise God. I can't, if I'm a Christian, I can't just go out to a club at night and party overnight and be drunk and then they have to carry me from the sidewalk, praise God, to my house. Amen. There's just something about that that won't feel okay with you anymore. You just won't feel that. It's not even a revelation thing. It's just simple. It's just identity. Knowing that you are now, you now belong to somebody. You belong to a body. You belong, you are part of a group. You are part, you belong to somebody. Praise God. You can't just do anything. Are you seeing that? So, and, and that, this thing of uh, gathering part, which is one of the operations of the milk of the word, um, is not something. Some people it happens quicker. Some it, does, it happens later. In fact, some people not, some people already act gathered even before they got born again. Maybe they have born again friends. Yeah. Praise God. And by virtue of their they born got born against friends activities, mm. they copy it too. Mm. You know what I mean? There are some guys who are co- who were who were, who were steady church members before they got born again. Yeah. They were coming just because their friends go. Mm-hmm. Hey, something is happening in church. Ah, what else will we do? If you say you're not going, you stay at home and be bored by yourself. Nobody to play with. All your friends are going, okay, let us go. When we go to church, we have to do this job. We have to volunteer for something. Okay, no, let's volunteer. Some of them can even work better than the Christians too. Amen. Now, do you know that why that is going on? Something is happening. Some, some souls, they can have develop a gathered attitude. Even before, they are children of the devil still. Praise God. <laughs> it's very clear. Is it possible? The way, the way a neighbor's child, maybe let's say a neighbor, for example, who, let's say two neighbors are living together. One has three, four kids. One has only one child. Praise God. That one that has only one child, he doesn't have brothers and sisters a lot to play with. So he's playing more with the one, the other kids of the neighbor. After a while, he starts behaving like them. He starts, everything he does will look like them. But he belongs to another father. Are, are, you, are you getting me? Praise the Lord. So somebody who is not born again can behave like a Christian and can even do Christianity more than Christians. Do you know that the world has capacity to do Christianity? Very, very well. Very well. 
Yeah. So, so it's very possible for that. Praise God. But, but so when someone gets born again, that is an identity, that dropping and that sense of identity. I'm not a Christian. It manifests in different ways. It can manifest in dressing. Well, that's one of the first things that changes. Someone that dresses somehow before, after they got born again. Ah, man, we can't really wear this thing. No. Why? Because you must now look like who you belong to. <laughs> Amen. You must look like where you belong to. Are you getting that? And that's a very outward thing, but it matters. Praise God. How many of you believe it matters? Do you know that someone who dresses promiscuously before, let's say, a lady, what is, is that the right word? What? Indecently, right? Yeah, sorry. So a, a lady who dresses indecently then gets born again. To stop dressing that way, it's not just a small thing. It takes a lot. It takes a lot. It is what will, what will, when that dressing begins to change is when the awareness of their changed identity sinks in. The deeper it sinks, the more impact, the more they are able to... After a while, what they wear before, they, when you, they wear it, they feel out of place. You can't dress like this. Are you seeing that? Praise God. Same thing with guys too. Amen. Even dressing as well for guys. Amen. I mean, if you know that guys also have dressing problem. <laughs> it's not only ladies. Guys can have dressing problem too. Amen. Um, so, so some of, and those things are outward things, right? But those things matter. If there are signs that something is happening. Like if you say, if you say oh, I'm a Christian, then you just you, are, you look exactly like the world. Like everything we check, you listen to worldly music. You, that music is also part of it too. That's after a while, ah, I can't be listening to these things. It's not like you are the revelation. Just so just something. It's from your spirit. It's who your spirit man is. He doesn't really agree with this thing anymore. Praise God. Like some other things, like maybe smoking. Although smoking is ad- is addictive, so sometimes that the power of the addiction can be so strong and it's difficult. But some people who just got born again, they just they just find power, to grace to stop the inward, the strength of that identity of who they are is too strong for them. It doesn't align with certain things. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 I mean, if you believe that, like, you know, some people let, try to legislate some things. Drinking is not that bad. Even smoking, all those things are not that bad. Um, amen. Where it is in the Bible that I say, do not drink, or do not smoke, and all that. It's not really about that sometimes. Praise God. It's just about that there are some things that these things are, they characterize worldliness. People who don't belong to God, this is what they do. So when it's not possible that you now change identity in the spirit and you just feel completely okay with all those things, even if there's no law that says this thing is bad, it's just that this attitude, it smells like that kind of life. I don't want it. There's something, it's a reaction. When you are having that reaction, it's a sign that you are, your identity as a Christian has, has begun to sink in. Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 There, and there is such a thing. Mm-hmm. Praise God. 
I think when they call the Christians untouched, uh, sorry, the believers Christians that untouched, I don't think it was because Paul had taught enough word of Christ and established them in Christ. He hasn't, if you check the timeline, he hasn't had too much time for that. Most likely it was just that initial, they call it the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Washing with, of regeneration and then what? The renewing of the Holy Ghost. Those are initial milk operations that deals with certain attitudes, behavior of a person. Praise God. Those things should change. If you are, if you are, one, you are fighting with that one, you won't go too far. If you are fighting, in other words, your inward identity is telling you, no, let's, we, we are not like this. Let's, do, let's begin to be this way. And you still fight. You know, some souls, is, and it's possible because souls are different. Some souls, their background, they are raised with arguments. They are used to anything we do, let's us, there must be argument about it. What is the reason? Bring the logic, explain it. Uh, so, so such, and that thing is a weakness inside the soul. So, if, if when, so such a soul, when they are inward, their spirit man is tilting them and saying, look, we have to change this aspect. They can, the mind is, can be so strong. And mind can say, but what does the Bible say? This thing is bad. I must dress like this. I must wear this. I must, that's all legalism. Are you saying? It's just the mind. It's the mind that's saying that. But because but that person is not, he's more paying more attention to what the mind is saying, the logic of the mind. And of course, that mind has no clue about your spirit. <laughs> Praise God. It, for a person to, to, to get the point where the, a person's mind begins to get affected by who he is in the spirit man, it's later. It's a lot, after a lot of journeying later to reculture the mind, to make the mind come spiritual. So, so a lot of times, um, that's why it's not good for someone to be too cerebral. Because when someone is too cerebral, praise God, you, you, you will be journeying very slowly. Because you feel like you have to understand everything fully before you do them. You won't be obeying the impulses of your heart. Are you getting me? Now, everything about God can be understood. A lot about God. You'll be shocked at about how much of God your mind can understand. But it takes a lot of journeying, rewiring the mind by spirit. That mind must be, have been tampered with seriously by spirit before it can begin to process the thoughts of God. Are you getting me? So even if you say, okay, let's explain it to you. Why should I not be drink? Why should I not? We don't have argument to explain to you, but sometimes where that thing is coming from is too, it's so deep. Are you getting me? That you should have the ability to, if it doesn't feel right, it's not right. Are you getting me? If it doesn't feel okay, it's not okay. Amen. Amen. So those are just examples. I'm just trying to give examples of what, what, what a gathered soul is. Right after someone gets born again, a sign that they have been gathered, they not, they begin to now, they don't behave like, amen, wild animals. Praise God! They now they are there's now you know between wild animal and an animal that is being trained, mm. <laughs> they are different. Yeah. Amen. A animal that a farmer has is their farmer's animal. Mm. Because a wild that wild animal has no owner; it's just in the butcher, like a. 
a grass cutter and an antelope. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Praise God. They can travel from California to New York. Praise God. Just migrating everywhere. They can go anywhere. Praise God. Or in the sea. But those such animals are different from an animal that belongs to a man. Like cattle. Amen. Amen. Um, and when you when you go to that gathered that gathered place, you will see different kind of so some are like cattle, some are like ram, some uh, amen. amen. But there's something about them; they are not wild anymore. <laughs> every soul of every gentile is wild. A gentile soul is a wild soul. He doesn't belong to. He has a father, but the father the, part of the trick is that the father is, you don't really have a father. You are, you, are, you are free. You can do anything. Like, don't forget, forget about all these people, all these ones that are religious people who go to church. But you're under one, imagine you're going to church every day. One man is talking to you. What kind of bondage is that? <laughs> Praise God. Be free. You can do whatever you want. Break free of all this religion, all this nonsense. You have to be a free thinker. Whereas he is your father. Yeah. Amen. And he knows he is your father. Praise God. <laughs> but you, you, you are just a wild animal. Praise, it's a lie. There's nothing like that. Every, every soul is controlled by somebody. Amen. Um, but so, are, are you getting the difference between a soul? When you see, that's one of the things that happen. When someone gets born again, that nature of being gathered, belonging to somebody, being part of something. Because you're now, your, your soul has now become part of a body. You can't just behave anyhow. You can't just do anything you like. There's a sense of that. And that thing, that feeling, is not, it's, not, it's a righteous thing. The world, see that thing, the world will fight against that thing, accuse it. It wants to vilify and make it look evil. The fact that a soul can be under subjection to to a a place, an authority, a man, praise God, a person, amen. That thing is, the world does not like that idea because the world knows that once a soul subscribes to that, that thought, that idea, that soul is a candidate of being led. And, if it, and every soul as a candidate of leading is a candidate of salvation. Praise the Lord. Every soul that is a candidate of what? Of every soul that has capacity for submission is a candidate for salvation. Whenever you kill that capacity of submitting to anything inside a man, you are that's one of the nature of you are preparing the soul for destruction. That any soul that doesn't have that, that is fighting the, the ordinance of submission on the inside of them, such a soul is being, is being war fought against by the forces of death. Amen. Amen. See that thief in John chapter 10 verse 10 that cometh not but to steal, to kill, and... Uh-huh. So whenever you start seeing argument coming in your heart against submission, know that somebody is about to steal from you. Someone is about to kill you and destroy you. That's how he comes. Bring them from under submission. Praise the Lord. So you see all the animals, all the, all the animals, the, the problem with it being a wild animal, you know what's the problem with that? Is that anybody feels they have rights to hunt you. <laughs> 
Amen. Praise God. It means that everybody, and who are the hunters in the spirit? They are evil spirits. They are, so when the devil says, You have no father, go anyway. He, just, he knows his spirits are there with their, their hunting instrument. Amen. And you that no soul can escape from them. Bullets. So while there is a deception of freedom, you just they've just thrown you into where <laughs> you are just a game animal, amen. To be haunted. So when, so whenever you see any soul that doesn't that is submission, it means they hate covering. They don't want to belong to anybody. Amen. So you are a free you are a free, you are a wild entity. Spirits can feast on you, heaven can cannot move. Everyone cannot move. Are you seeing? Are you seeing that? So you answer that there are Christians who now belong. Be, you belong to God, actually, but when you belong to God and then you are still you are still out there in the wild like a wild person. That's a person who hasn't found a, their position of of submission. How they connect to the body. That's what submission is. The, the hierarchy of submission in the spirit is your connection. Is the point where you connect. Like you see this finger now. This finger has a point where it connects to the body. Yeah. Everything that this finger is doing, go up, come down, go left, go right. <laughs> Praise God. Yeah. If it co- it's coming from somewhere, yeah. there's a flow in here somewhere. So somewhere this thing is submitting to the wrist. Yeah. Again, if the, 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 this one says, okay, I don't like the wrist. This wrist, you like controlling people. Let me come out from under you. He loses every sense of control to the head. So, so this finger now, under the wrist, submitting to the wrist, he's not the wrist he's submitting to, he's the head. Because this signal to move up, move down, move left, is coming from here. But it just passes through, are you getting me? So every member has a point where they submit to the body. There's no body who says, okay, I, I want to submit to Jesus, you're a liar. Where, we, where do you see him? Where, where is he? How are you submitting to him? Praise God. You know, some guys can lie. <laughs> Those guys can lie. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. Amen. <laughs> no, no, no. All these men, all these pastors are bad people. They just, they just want to keep flocks under them to make flocks do what they want. They hate pastors. That is the spirit. You see that spirit to begin to come more and more in the end time. They don't hate pastors. I'm like, why, why would you be submitting to one man and everything? Say, no, we are all Christians. We submit to Jesus, the head of the church. Praise God. You need to ask God, where do you submit to Jesus? How do you find him? Where do you see him? You know, it's called that. No, he doesn't submit to Jesus. He submits to himself. You know what I mean, brother? Uh-huh. And that's not the order. Whenever I see a person fighting, submitting to someone who God has put authority on, all they are saying is that I want to submit to myself. It, all they are really saying is I want to do what I want. That's the only thing. That's the problem. Do you understand that? Praise God. So, so all these things, are you seeing from where the, that filing of submission thing starts from? That Once you get born again, everybody, you must find your own place. Everybody has a place. There is a place. And there is nobody whose place is everywhere. Praise God. You say, uh, uh, so where are you, 
where you position and say, no, God, I have 10 spiritual fathers. Um, the Lord has shown me my destiny. And um, there are 10 various streams and ingredients I need because my destiny is so big and so great. It has varieties and different nuances and specification that you need, I need 10 fathers to, <laughs> to father me. <laughs> Praise God. Anybody who has 10 fathers doesn't have a father. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Amen. So, so, so one of the things that, like if you are in a church, you are in a local church, praise God. Hallelujah. And your, your spirit, that's why wherever you are, if it's your church, you must in-depth. The most, being a member of a church is not an anyhow thing. It's not like going to, it's not like, ah, this is the grocery store where I'm buying my grocery. That independent is my own. You go there, then when you get there and the cashier gets you angry, ah, stupid people, you have to shop around for another store. Amen. That's not how this thing is. It's not like where you buy your grocery or that's the gas station where I buy my gas. That's not what your church is. It's a different thing. Your church where you go to is a, that is your, that is the point where they attach you to the body of Christ. Are you getting me? And, and, and every, nobody has 10 different attachment points. It's like, like this finger cannot choose now. Okay, now I don't want to be here anymore. I want, attach me to the ear. <laughs> Amen. Amen. I want to be what? If, you, when you, if, now, if he now goes away and by force and says, No, I don't want to be here. You guys are all offending me. All these other fingers. I want to be attached to the ear. And then he comes here to the ear. He might find that he's entirely useless. He's troubling the ear. What was this thing dangling here? Why is there something here? <laughs> anyway, you go. And that's of believers are. When you are in a church where you shouldn't be, there will be a problem. <laughs> You'll be giving the pastor a headache. Department leader will be having a headache. Praise God. There are some people like that. That the day they leave, <sighs> maybe they come and say, ah, I just got a job in uh, and that city. You know when they come and tell the pastor, the pastor should be sad. I say, but if the pastor, you can't reveal that you're happy. You have to. Oh, really? Are you sure? <laughs> oh, really? The, oh, what? You got a job? Oh, we are going to miss. <laughs> we are going to miss. But more secretly, inside was. Inside the pastor's. <sighs> oh, Father, thank you. Thank you, Jesus. You've had mercy on your servant. And there are souls like that. I've seen souls like that. Trouble. Problem. They are troubling the flock, other flocks. They are troubling the pastor. They are troubling the leaders. They are troubling every, everybody. Why? Out, sometimes it's out of place. Praise God. So that thing about a local church, that's, that's the point where you, are, you connect. the pastor. And I believe that's what the Lord put like a pastor. That's one of the main job of a pastor. In the fivefold, the pastor, I, I believe, is through that pastoral office. That is, th- is through that pastoral office. That's where souls connect the body. Anybody who hasn't, who is not, who hasn't found connection to pastoral grace, 
I don't, to me, I feel like maybe you are not really fully well positioned. As a general principle. Are you, are you getting me? That pastoral thing is like that. Of, that's what, that's what it is. it's called pastor. What's the name of pastor? It's almost like a shepherd. It's almost like, praise God, it's, it's the one who is the primary caregiver to the soul. Is it what? I, I feel like all the, all the other ones, the access they get to souls is the access that they, that they, give, that they get through the pastoral office. In other words, the pastoral office gives the apostolic office access. Mm-hmm. If you check New Testament, Paul was obeying those things. Mm-hmm. Even some of them were pastors who he raised. Mm-hmm. Amen. But check the way he admonished them about those who watch over you. Mm-hmm. Those who, those, are, are you getting me? Mm-hmm. Praise, and then sometimes he would give instruction to the pastors too. Praise, praise God. Mm-hmm. Amen. Mm-hmm. Are you seeing that? Mm-hmm. So that thing um, is... Um, that pastoral thing is how that is where custody of the church is. That is the honest truth. Let me tell you guys the truth. The secret, the secret is this: the church on the earth is in the hand of pastors, like pastors who God has called to have local churches. Amen. Christianity on the earth is in their hand. I don't, it doesn't matter how they are, who they are, if they are bad, if they are wicked, if they are nasty, if they are mean. It doesn't matter. Like when you see, like you sitting now of Ottawa, the church in Ottawa is in the hand of the pastors who have to have local churches who are pastoring. Let one anointed man come and say, I have, I just, in fact, I just right now, I just had a meeting with all the four, the four living creatures. <laughs> right now, they went. <laughs> They went into the tabernacle of the testimony. They, they now brought out concerning me, concerning my ministry, where it's written concerning me, of the job I must do in souls. <laughs> and they handed it over to me, and they sent me into this land. When you come with all your anointing, everything, imagine the oil of the four living creatures, everything on you. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Are, are you getting me? I, 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 like Paul. Imagine Paul just met with Jesus. Imagine Jesus teaching you every day. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Jesus was teaching him every day, every day, every day, opening scripture. Jesus, Jesus! That's the head of the church. But when it's time for him to start ministry, he can't just go to one corner and say, no. What happened? He had to go to... It means that the church that was birthed is in the hand of some men. When Jesus left, he kept, kept it in their hand. Yeah. Yes. Are you getting me? So, I'm sending you to something I kept in their hand. So, you have to go and meet the guys who is in their hand. They must give you the right hand of fellowship. Praise God. And they will give you peace. And they will give, and will give you access. Are you, seeing, are you seeing that? Praise the Lord. So, so, there is that thing. I'm just, I don't know why I'm saying all these things now. But they are important for you to know. So that's why that thing of your positioning, don't, you must not be in the wrong place when it comes to local church. It's not, it's not good. So it's not just a thing, we are going, we are there. there must, there's an inward connection inside. It's a spiritual something. There's something about it. You know that this is the place where I connect. Praise God. 
Uh-huh. Amen. So, so this uh, gathering, that's, and when you are that way, you now begin to see the attributes of a gathered soul will begin to flourish so well. You will feel, when it, one of the signs that a place is your place is that when you, when you are in that church, you feel this is my house. You, there's something about that thing. You, you, own it, you can die for it. You can die for that. You can almost kill for it, for that church. Are you getting me? There's, it's almost like a family that you, they, you are connected to that place. It's a, it's a spiritual connection. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, um, such a thing is very, very important. That's where, that's the wisdom of how God gathers souls. And we've not seen, a lot of these things have not been shaped this way in the earth because of, because of the deficiency in doctrine. New Testament doctrine, because these are patterns. They are patterns that are in the New Testament that eventually the end time church will have to file in accurately. Now, we haven't seen a lot of this on the earth yet because, of, of course, these things have not been opened up. So you now find out that the, kind, the, the nature of churches, ministries, and all that that we have on the earth today is a reflection of how much prosperity of doctrine is available, has happened. Uh-huh. So when the, the, this doctrine is... Now, when I say doctrine, now you know what doctrine is. I'm not talking about whether you should wear a scarf or not, whether you, you must wear long skirts or not. That's what people call doctrine. That's not doctrine. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Doctrine means the alignment of, of essential elements that, that serves the purpose of Christianity, which is the salvation of souls. In other words, there is an arrangement in the mind of the spirit. Praise God. There's a, there's a what? Arrangement. Now, when I say Holy Spirit, who is Holy Spirit? You know, Holy Spirit, we talk to him about it as the writer of Scripture. That's one of his jobs in the New Testament. Or across human's existence, he has been developing the Scripture for us. But that's, not, that's one side of his actual activity. Another part of his mandate in the especially when it has to do with the people whom the book pertain to, is that he is also, he is also, he is that he is the person that Jesus referred to as the Lord of the harvest. It's the Holy Spirit. Praise God. And he was saying, pray ye now, the Lord of the harvest. He said that the harvest is plenty, laborers are few. Pray, pray the Lord of the harvest to send laborers. That word Lord means the overseer of harvest. That the harvest is talking about harvesting of souls for heaven. It's not, it's not evangelism. It's very clear. You know that evangelism is not the harvest of the earth. It's that evangelism is that you are just... Evangelism is you just... Out of nothing, you brought out a seed that you now need to plant to grow. It's like you can't harvest a seed. It's like, an, it's like nothing there. It's something that must be sown and that must die, that must come out of the earth and must flourish until it becomes fruitful. Are you, are you getting Then when the fruitfulness, that's the, the precious fruit of the earth, when that thing has emerged, then that is the time of the harvest. Are you seeing that? So the harvest of the earth 
is the harvesting of developed souls who have borne fruits that are pleasing to God. Praise the Lord. So, so that to the laborers that are few that need to be sent, praise God. Those laborers are, are sent, pray for the Lord of the harvest. So that Lord of the harvest is actually the, the spirit upon the earth. This, that Lord of the harvest, he is the one who, who, who gave birth to the church. In, in Acts chapter 2. Praise God. Say church. church. Now, be, before, that was when the real birth of the church happened. In Acts chapter 2. Praise God. Before Acts chapter 2, were there born again folks? Yes. There were probably hundreds of born again folks. Do you believe that? There were hundreds of born again folk before Acts chapter 2. Apart from the 120 when the upper room, there were others. Jesus had many, many, he had many disciples. Some of them he appeared, there was time he appeared to 500 of them at once. And I believe that at that appearance, all of those 500 must have gotten born again. Because you check his pattern of appearance. Praise the Lord. So there must have been hundreds of born again people on the earth. But at that time, the church, what you call church, had not started. Hasn't emerged yet. Church is the, is the development of an organization. The way scripture is a product of Holy Spirit wisdom. They are all instruments of salvation. Church is an instrument of salvation. Do you know that? The way scripture is an instrument of salvation. Scripture is like the it's like you have a mechanic workshop, then you have spanners and you have tools and all that. Amen. You need the spanners and the jacks and all that, then you need the workshop. Are you seeing that? the church is the workshop? The scripture is where you have all the instruments. And it's the same guy who has who who's same <laughs> spirit that they, that's the, what they gave him charge for on the earth to go and bring forth the technology for saving souls and for saving men. So it is the same spirit that crafted scripture, that crafted church. So that's why you see when you see scripture and church, they must align, they are the same thing. They, they actually serve each other, it's the same mind of the spirit. The same Lord of the harvest who brought them forth. Praise God. So, so that thing called church, it wasn't until the Holy Spirit was now sent or he was received in the corporate capacity. Praise, are you getting that? In the capacity in which the Holy Spirit came. The Holy Spirit has been on the earth for a long time. Amen. But when he came on the time of Pentecost, the Pentecost was the descending of the Spirit into the church. Was, and by, by that descending, at the same time, he was creating, inventing what you call church. And, he was, and then he, he came as the Lord of the church. Praise God. Are you seeing that? So there were Christians without church before, before the day of Pentecost. By the time the day of Pentecost came, the Holy Ghost landed. He came upon Peter. Peter began to preach. That he Holy Ghost upon Peter preaching at that time 
was the anointing of the Spirit. I believe at that time, Peter was preaching as an evangelist. Amen. You see, check those, that Acts chapter 2, that beginning of Acts. You know, that's where you begin to see, you see those offices. Some of the offices began to, to show up. Evangelistic offices stood up. Office stood up. Do you, do you believe? Yes, sir. Amen. Yes, sir. How many of you believe that? Yes, sir. You believe that? Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. That office of an our evangelistic office stood up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Then you now began to see after that, you now began to see the pastoral office began to develop. Yes. And it rested upon the twelve. Right? Yes. You rested upon who? The twelve. You rested upon the twelve. So I, I believe the apostolic. I believe the, the pastoral, the, and then, sorry, not apostolic, I believe the pastoral and then the evangelistic, well, possibly the teaching office must have also begun, praise God, as well. Because they, so they began to meet and break bread from house to house. Who taught them that thing? It was the, it was the Lord of the harvest. It's the Spirit. There's a way the Spirit came upon them and imparted wisdom for church. It's a church wisdom. They became churchy men. They began to think church, 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 church. Gathering, gather, 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 together, fellowship together. Amen. Praise God. And so, and what was that, that leaning tangent towards church? Is one of, that, is, that is the body of the pastoral office to keep the church. To keep the gathering, keep gathering together. That body, apostolic grace, doesn't have that too much. It's a different. That's not their primary body upon the apostolic. It's not about the keeping. Amen. So, so if let's say we just there are people are not gathered, just an apostle somewhere, things would be very very hard. Praise God. But there's apostolic grace too. You know, one of the things the apostolic will now, if let's say you send an apostle somewhere where there hasn't yet been an extension of a pastoral office, mm-hmm. apostle can go before. Praise God. Mm-hmm. A fresh ground. That's one of the things that apostolic work does too. Then, but after a while, you now see that after a while, the apostolic gifts will raise pastoral gifts. That's one of the key. <laughs> The apostolic gift is a is a house, is a powerhouse. You see, all those other four, all four offices, they can grow out of the apostolic. Because the word apostle means sent. Praise God. Are you seeing what? The word apostle means what? Sent. Now, the check, but the the advent of Christianity and then the 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 progression of Christianity, of course, like I was saying before, it did not begin with send sending first. It started with some with something local, Jerusalem. Something praise God. There. The, that's where the Holy Spirit landed. Now, but when you want to now begin to move into non pastored regions, you need an apostolic grace. They had to wait. Paul had to come. None of them could access Gentile nations. Are you getting me? Praise God. The apostolic work for Jerusalem. Jesus did it. Jesus is the first apostle. 
Are, are you seeing that? And when, after doing that apostolic work, he did a lot of that in that 40 days. That's, that was the main, Jesus was doing an apostolic work in that 40 days. That was the first apostolic work on the earth done by an apostle. The preaching of revelation. That had to be done. If, they didn't, if Jesus didn't do that, there would be no church. Pentecost, no, those things will not happen. They won't happen. So after he was, he was resurrected, he, couldn't, he didn't just go to heaven. He had to wait first and do some apostolic work around see that Jerusalem area. He, he did it and did it. A lot of that what he did was to break the ground so that the other offices, when it's time, the pastoral, the teaching, the evangelistic, by when, when the spirit, that's why you now warn them, do not dare leave this region. This is where I've done this work. <laughs> Praise God. This is where I did, my apostolic work I did is for this region. If you dare go anywhere outside here, you don't have apostolic grace. You're going to die there. Amen. So he warned them, do not leave. Stay here. Then the Holy Spirit came, and then they continued also in that region. The pastoral work started. Are you seeing that? But when it was time to now begin to move to that terrain, you have to raise an apostle. It was when Paul was raised. He the, the, had the manpower for what? To produce out of nothing. That's one of the, the graces. Praise God. That's one of the graces of the apostolic. Praise God. You know, Paul did that a lot in his first, you know, he did different missionary journeys. In his first time, he, he did a lot of that, instituting out of nothing, raised people after a while, teach them after a while, pastors were emerged. Many pastors emerged from his ministry. Then later on, he began to do another kind of apostolic ministry which is not that kind initially, which is more of what? More of working with churches. During the era of... Check, if you check the era of when many of his letters were written, they were written after his first apostolic season. Are you getting that? They were written after his what? His first apostolic season. When many of these churches and in these regions have already sprung out, pastors have been raised, and people are members of these churches, then he, now, he had now begun his next season of apostolic, which is more like what modern-day apostolic ministry is doing, which is partnership with the pastoral office, mainly. So one of the job of pastors, praise God, one of the job of pastors is to expose churches to apostolic grace. And that part, actually in the modern times, praise God, in the modern times, that's one of the main work of pastors, is to expose, actually in the last days, any church that is not, you are getting to that time, any church that's not exposed to apostolic grace is going to suffer terribly because there will be no materials of truth. The, the church will be laboring in darkness. The, the, imagine a church you are building without map or foundation. Room should not be here, you put room there. There should be a bathroom here, you put living room there. You build a different house. You are building a different house. Are you, and that's a very dreadful thing for a man to build a different house from what the 
what the what the the drawing in the spirit is it doesn't matter how charismatic a pastor how nice a pastor how lovely a pastor how wise a pastor a pastor laboring without apostolic grace is going to be difficult he might be doing a lot of harm it will take a lot of mercy of god to save that especially in times when actually in the end time when you have winds of doctrines and all kinds of things on the earth before in older times it might not have mattered too much praise god because we are the church was in a different season am i making sense yes, am i making sense to you so so you see that apostolic grace then the prophetic prophetic and the apostolic they work together there are things that every local church should be benefiting from those things and it's the responsibility of pastors amen you know what pastor part of what pastor pastor pastoral office is for is that the pastor must be sensitive to the present truth and how to access it that's his job he must be able to give his flock access to the present truth and and that present truth is heralded is carried by the apostolic office are, are you getting that are you getting that Praise the Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Praise the Lord. So, so I was saying that the Holy Spirit is who? Is Lord of the harvest. Praise God. So the Holy Spirit is the, is the one who... Anything that has to do with church is Him. Anything that has to do with what? Church is, is Him. Is the one who, who caused the flourishing of the gifts of Christ. Christ needs him to even make his own gift, to make men be able to receive his gift and to operate in it. Even the gift of God, when it's time to give eternal life, you see the Holy Spirit also is also, amen. That's when they call, that's, that's the time of, when you say through the eternal spirit. Offered up himself to God without spot. That was the time when they want to begin to deal with the purging of the conscience of men from dead works. Praise the God. Praise God. That's the season of the giving of eternal life. It's also through the eternal spirit. Praise God. Are you getting me? So anything the Holy Spirit is what is involved in everything. Praise God. I think we just went through that because of this issue of gathering. Amen. You can't you can't speak of gathering without the sense of that local it is out of the spirit of gathering that's that's what brought forth the institution of the local church that is the main side that's the physical place praise god where where souls are gathered amen not just only physical but it also has to do with the soul of men as well who are gathered under a common point of submission Praise God and Amen. Are we being blessed today? Yes, sir. Amen. Amen. So you see, everything I described today is the ideal which we are getting to. Uh-huh. So don't know what you're going to be asking me a question now. Why is this not the? Why is it no? Don't ask me that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Praise God. I'm talking about how it should be and how it will be by God's yeah. grace as the as more light is being shed on on the world and all that. After a while, you begin to see churches who are actual models of the, the actual pattern according to New Testament, right? So if you, what you see around you doesn't look like that yet, don't worry. Don't have heartache. Don't have heart problem. 
Don't go into a crisis. Don't begin to uh, do, do I need to go and change something. No. I'm just teaching you. <laughs> and things will align, praise God, Amen. over time. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Um, so let's go back to Ezekiel chapter 36. Verse 24, it says, For I will, I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into where? I will bring you into your own into your own land. Say own. own. I love that word own. That's the identity thing I was talking about. The sense of ownership. This is, you come into a place that is your own. Amen. Because your identity has changed in the spirit. So you've been gathered to a, in a place that is not now your own. Amen. Amen. Say own. own. That's the first own of a soul. Any soul who is just in this world, this world is not your own. You don't have any, praise God, you don't have ownership. There's, there's no real true ownership, praise God, in this earth. In terms of a place where the soul, and all that means that there's no place where the soul in this world, on this world can be that it can feel a sense of a sense of you know that sense of calm and peacefulness that this is where I'm supposed to be are you in this world in the world you will never nobody will ever feel that build the greatest empire after a while that empire you built you will start feeling afraid to go there every day why because your second in command, your third in command, all of them, they have their own plans. and You're afraid they can even kill you one day and throw you away. <laughs> Praise God. That's just the nature of the world. Anything you build, you're, you are building a house of corruption. After a while, you'll be afraid. What will happen to me? Amen. That's just nature. But there's a feeling that church gives. You, nobody can ever get, no social club, no, any, no, no political party, no affiliation can give that feeling to the soul of having a place. Praise God. That's, there's something about that because the church creates a ground where you, have, you develop associations that's based on the deepest common denominator, which is the spirit of a man. What anchors Uncle Jimmy to Uncle Yinka and Uncle Tolu and Sister Sheung together is that their spirit man are the same. And that is the deepest relationship anybody can have with another person. Family, being born to the same family doesn't near there. That's just in the body. Being, being part of a social club can be feel deeper than even your family. Because that one is not but that's in the soul dimension too. It's also deep to a level. Just familiarity and all that. You can feel, oh, well, these are my friends, but it's not still that deep. But when it comes to people, people who are born again, there's something about that thing. It's too deep the connection is in their spirit amen so when they congregate they, they that, that land there's a land they form is their own land are, are you getting so there's something about that place that is the beginning of it's from such an environment that you the lord begins to work he begins to lead souls amen okay let's quickly go on 
verse 24 says, For I will take you from among the heathen and gather you out of all countries and will bring you into your own land. Then, then will I sprinkle clean water upon you and ye shall be clean from your word, from all your filthiness and from your word, and I will cleanse you. So, I will sprinkle clean water. So after being gathered, what's the next thing that will happen to a soul? To be made clean. Praise God. So, and we've seen this a long a time, a long time. Praise, praise God. David spoke about this, and he called it creating me a clean heart. Praise God. So, so that clean heart. Praise God. They now say, "I will be." You shall be clean from all your filthiness, and from your idols will I cleanse you. So, and we've, we've thought seriously about this cleansing, that this is the beginning point of separation. After you've been gathered to your own land, then they now begin to administer what you call clean water. Clean water is the water of and the spirit, praise God, which comes to a person who has been born again who has been gathered, praise the Lord, there now begins to be a ministration of that clean water. Amen. So the purpose of this, of course, is to make the garment clean. Amen. Praise God. Are you seeing that? Then it says, and a new heart also. Will I what? A new heart will I give you. So that word, a new heart will I give you. That word new heart is the product of cleaning. Right? It's a new heart. It's the first, it's the first, um, mark, it's the first marker a soul gets to after a soul has been gathered. Then be cleaning the soul. Until the man has a new heart. Amen. Amen. Uh, do you agree with that? Yes. New. Say new. new. Now, do you know that at the point where this man has this new heart, this heart is not usable? He's not using it. He can't use it. Because when the heart is just new, for a heart to be usable, it must have, it must have received the spirit of the heart. Are you getting the sense? There's something about this place that you have to use wisdom to understand. So now, see this. It's almost as if it's the same, but it's not the same. He said, and also, so you have, I have cleansed you. So the person who they cleansed, Listen, the person who they cleansed, in a sense, is not the new one. But cleansing gets you to a point where you can have a new one. Amen. Amen. The word new is talking about 
new man. New kind of man. Right? When you see the word new, it's new creation. Right? So the way you can have a new creation spirit, you can have a new creation what? Soul. Or a new creation heart. But to get new creation heart, the real new creation of heart is not only that the heart is new, it must have the new create the spirit, the new spirit. Because it is the spirit that is the actual nature. Are you seeing that? And so by the time a person has become clean, it still takes some journey to acquire the spirit of the new creation heart. Amen. But the word new means, means this is the beginning point where from here we can start administering the spirit, the new spirit. Praise God. Does that make sense? Does that make sense? Aha. Uh-huh. But when you look at the man, when you check his own soul, his, own, his soul is now clean. Yeah. Yeah. The, the soul that is, the heart that is clean, is talking about this man. You see, a man, he's not a Christ though. He's just a man, but we have cleaned him. Mm-hmm. By virtue of cleaning him, he now has a new heart. Mm-hmm. What that means is that because we've cleaned him, we can now do what? Begin to deliver Christ to him. And are you seeing that? And every installation of Christ is the installation of newness. That word in new means he has begun newness installation. Before when he was made clean, he's still the same old man that they cleaned. Are you getting me? But the one now, when you, when you say, of course, First year, you've made clean, they made white. So it's very clear that white is in the new man. Like I described last time, right? Take something now, clean it, it's the same thing. But when you say each color change, it's a different thing altogether. Are you getting Does that make sense? Amen. So the word new means the beginning of, of the new spirit. Are you seeing that? So verse 26, a new heart also will I give you. And a new spirit will I put within you. And I will take away the stony heart out of your flesh. And I will give you a heart of flesh. Praise the Lord. I will give you a heart of flesh. So that new heart must later become what? A heart of flesh. Then verse 27 says, And I will put my spirit within you. And cause you to walk in my statutes. Praise God. And then you shall do what? You shall keep my judgments and do them. So um, you now see, uh, praise God, that verse 27, then verse 26, praise God, leads to talk about two different installations of spirits. That's what I want us to see about that. I know we know that already, right? We know that there are two major installations of spirits. When it's the installing of spirits, it's talking about, of course, you don't, they, don't, they will in, install spirit on the old man. Right? They will install spirit on the new man. And the two spirits that need to be installed in a man are Christ and God. Praise God. Amen. Amen. So after, after God puts his own spirit, you see in verse 28, 28, that from your own land, you're now moving to a different kind of land. It is now the land I gave to your fathers. And then you shall be my people. 
and I will be your God. You, you, you know the sense of land now. It's talking about the positioning on the inward. Praise God. Amen. So, so say new spirit. New spirit. Now, so of course, it's very clear. This spirit, um, new spirit, is the spirit of the new creation. Is also the spirit of Christ. That's what was made reference to in Romans chapter 8. Praise God that um, there's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made them free of sin and death. Praise God. Amen. The law of the spirit of life in Christ has made them what? Free from the what? From the law of sin and death. Amen. Okay? So that law of the spirit. So there's what we call spirit of life in Christ. Say it. Spirit of life in Christ. That's Romans chapter 8, right? Spirit of what? Life in Christ. At what point does the soul begin to receive the spirit of life? Break that word down. What is that spirit? It's the spirit of the life that is in Christ. Right? The law of the spirit of life in Christ is the law of a spirit. What is the spirit of something? Of a man. It's the spirit about him, not just a spirit of a man. It's the spirit of something about a man. It's the spirit of the life that is in a man. Praise God. It's the spirit of the life. It's the law of the spirit of life in Christ. Are you seeing that? Amen. So, so it means that anybody, for anybody to begin to move you are seeing the position is is in that levitical world that's where they begin the installation right of the spirit of life that is in christ so it means levite have a measure of the spirit of the life that is in christ and we explain that levitical nature it is sacrificer a person he no longer switches spirit He is now a Christ man. The first Christ man is a Levite. Praise God. Hallelujah. That's the first Christ man. He said, this is a Christ person. Wow. I just met a Christ today. Mm-hmm. Amen. You know, there's a time we'll be getting to that level. Amen. When, you grow, when you grow a bit, your discernment sharpen. You can, you can tell the Christ when you see them. Mm-hmm. By their life, by what they do. They are everything. Ah, this is a Christ too. Praise God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I mean, if you know it's possible. You may just go to work and start a new job. I say, ah, there's one Christ at my new job. <laughs> you know the way today we say, ah, there's one Christian. Ah, there's a, I saw a Christian. We find one Christian. Ah, you'll be so happy. There's a Christian in my workplace. We are getting the time we move beyond that. Right? At that time, there will be Christians everywhere. A lot of Christians. So we say, ah, well, I met one Christ today. There's a Christ in mine. <laughs> Praise God. And, and because we would have grown, the, the, the demarcation of Christ, this is what they are, they are imparting the wisdom of who a Christ is. That's the reason for all these teachings. The scripture is unveiling Christ, a Christ person. Praise God. And when you, when you are a Christ, you can discern a Christ. You can tell a Christ. In other words, you can tell a person inside whom has the law of the spirit of the life. It's a Levite in the spirit. 
they are they have Levitical conversation. You know the conversation you say this man there's only a kind of soul this conversation comes from. Is a this is a Christ conversation. This is a Christ man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Imagine living in a city, you know that there are Christs around here. <laughs> you know that there's a chance of bumping into a Christ somewhere. <laughs> Praise God. You know times are changing on the earth too. There was a time, all these things we are talking about Christ now, there was a time these were the aspirations of Christians. Maybe the nation, there are only a few Christians. And ah, if you, if you dare meet one Christian, ah, wow, I met a Christian today. There was a time on the earth like that. Right now, there are Christians everywhere, they're even causing trouble. <laughs> Amen. Amen. But there will be a time like that too, you, you know, there are Christ. Amen. When such a season happens, the air will not be the same as it is. It won't be the same as, as it is. Praise God. Amen. Amen. Father, we bless your holy name. So, so this law, the law of the spirit of life in Christ is the new spirit. That's what David, David also now called it the right spirit. It's the righteous spirit. It's the spirit of the righteous man. Which is, which is Christ. Is the, Christ is the righteous man. So his spirit is called the right spirit. And he said renew right spirit. After creating me a clean heart. Then renew the right what? Spirit within me. Praise God. Now so we've spoken about this. We've gotten here again. But I want us to move further. Praise God. Hallelujah. By God's grace, I want us to also now look at another spirit called the spirit of life from God. Uh, amen. amen. So that is the, the other spirit which um, Ezekiel 36 spoke of after the new spirit. Then mm-hmm. after you now had the heart of flesh. Praise God. I will explain, we'll look at what heart of flesh means. There's no time, but just as far as we can go, we'll see it. Amen. Mm-hmm. Um, then the heart of flesh, then I say, I will pour out my spirit. I will pour out my spirit. So that word called my spirit, who, who, was, who is speaking what is God. Amen. So that what God calls my spirit is a different, it is not the spirit of life in Christ. Revelation chapter 11 calls it the spirit of life from God. Amen. Let's see um, Book of Revelation. We know the story. Because there's no time at all. I would have loved for us to just maybe read the whole thing all the way down. But I believe we are aware of this story. Amen. Can someone give me a recap of what happened here? Very, very quickly. Tell me, without looking at your Bible. Where's the thing? Yeah. <laughs> Tell me very quickly what happened in Revelation chapter 11. Uh... <laughs> It was uh, it's a story about um, uh, just how the you know, the city and the courts were taken by the gentiles, okay. and um, and then the 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 last the last they call it the last as like the holy place and 
the yes. most holy place, which is where the um, conscience, yes. where the conscience are prophesying. So when okay. the after, sitting at the altar court is taken, then the where the conscience are prophesying, they want to also take it. So the, in yes. that in that story, they are just making us see that um, that the they were trying to stop. Well, the beast was trying to stop the conscience from prophesying. So they are yes. trying to kill it. Yes. Uh, and when he killed it, you know, people were rejoicing. People were yes. sharing gifts. Basically, they were happy that that thing that used to disturb them is yes. dead. Yes. Uh, but then that conscience received the, after three days, he received the spirit of life okay. from God and was raised up. But then, there's so many dimensions of the story, but the main part is how we saw that that is a new, I think you explained the last time, but that is a new, it's only, it's only like that spirit of life from God, when he says he was raised up, is a new life that can, is a new life for Christ. Yes. Kind of, that can, that spirit of life is only a life that can come to a Christ person that can okay. raise raise it above destruction, yes. basically. Yes. So yeah, that's just just okay. a quick quick recap. Okay, praise God. Did he try? He yes, tried. Okay, okay. Praise God. I mean, first understood what he was, what he was saying. We got it. Amen. Okay. Um. So. Um. Now to understand, there is a there is a wisdom here in this book. They are trying to show. They they are trying to show something specific. Amen. Amen. But in order to show that thing, what they are trying to show, it is, it is so, it is so difficult a conversation to show it. Praise God. And I, I don't know what kind of wisdom is the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. The, way they, the way they wrote chapter 11, what they really want to show in chapter 11 is, is, that, is the, what the spirit of life from God is. Amen. But to show what the spirit of life of God is, you have to be able to explain what it's, in essence, what its capacity acts for. What, it, what does it act against? Amen. And they have to show, um, they have to now create a contrast also. At the same time, oh, they are creating a contrast between it and what is there. Before it comes, are you seeing that? Yes, Praise God. So, like you're saying, okay, let's let's read quickly. You said there was giving me a read like unto a rod. Am I correct? And the angels too, saying, Rise and measure the temple of God and the altar, and them that worship therein. Amen. Amen. It says, but the court. So the so of course the altar which he's measuring is not the altar outside. It's not the altar of brass. It is the altar of gold. It is inside where the one inside. So he's saying measure what is within. So, so this chapter is talking about within matters. And we've seen the separation of without and within matter. We, we journey to where the, the transition from without to within. Where does within, where does without transit into within is when the new spirit has been given to a point where the soul becomes white. And that, at that point, the soul has become, has, has, that point, is, like I was saying before, that is a great point. It is the entrance into priesthood. Am I saying? Are you getting it? What makes it the entrance into priesthood is that that is the point where a soul a soul tilts 
just above the inf- the the power of gentile just purely gentilic nature let me tell you what i mean it means that when a man gets to this point this realm where he's just crossing into he needs is is going to a point where in order to overcome him you now need something that is more than the world. Yes. Are you getting me? Yes, you need ingredient. It's, it's the world, but you need world plus some other strain of something more than just worldliness to overcome him. How many of you believe it takes more than worldliness to overcome a priest? You need, you need some, some measure of an anti-Christ strength to overcome a priest just pure only just worldliness alone that is because that man has been made white yes he has become priestly are you seeing that so they made this place is showing that demarcation that the region we want you to measure the they are, this measurement is they are measuring the realm of this conversation my god now the realm of this conversation is talking about the perimeters of a nature are you getting it's actually a nature that is so can i have got into then let's take that nature this man has joined and to this point let's now look inside that nature there are matters concerning this nature that we need to show are you seeing that that's the point of the measurement of are you seeing that they told you where to measure measure the what the god and the what altar and them Praise God. Um, Are we making sense today? Okay. Now, in this realm, I want to show you something. That, like I said before, just raw world alone cannot touch a soul that has found itself inside this position. You need another nature. It's a nature of blasphemy. So, do you know the world is a speaker? Like the woman. She has her own cup. Praise God. So, what I'm telling you is that in that woman who is sitting on who the beast is carrying, if she fetches a cup out of her her what? Her purple nature. She's mixture of purple and scarlet. If she just fetches a cup out of the purple, she no scarlet involved, and say, take this. Go and use it to war against a priest. It will fail. But if she takes it and then drops some scarlet into it, she has just added a thing that has potential against the priest. That thing she poured inside, added in the scarlet, is the portion of that what her cup that is called the blasphemy. It's a, what is blasphemy? It is a mouth that can talk against priestly things and high priestly things. Do you get that? Yes, In other words, you want to make a priest fall. If you, all you are talking about is worldly things, you, can, you will talk, talk, talk. The priest is, is gone. He has been made white, sir. Right? But now bring another mouth that can open priestly matters and blaspheme them. Means the way priestly things sit inside a priest, give, bring an anointed leaf that can talk about those matters. 
Because those are the matters that is anchoring his own strength. Yes. Are you getting me? Yes. It's higher than just the world. Yes. So it is part of the introduce, take the world, then add part of the conversation of the beast, yes. of the Antichrist. Because that thing is a, is a, this Antichrist, which is also the nature of that beast, amen, amen. which is of the, is the eight, that is of the seventh, but then goeth into perdition. You need part of the nature that goeth into perdition. That is, that is the blasphemous nature. It can speak against holy things. <laughs> the world is a wine. It, the whole world doesn't speak against holy things. The best it can do is against daily sacrifices going up. So the world only talks against things that happen under the sun. But the world cannot speak about hidden things. I, 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 you need a blasphemous nature, which is the nature of the beast. That's what he's anointed to. to he has a sight that can see holy things and speak against them. Praise God. You see that in Revelation chapter 13. Let's just quickly read it. Thank you, Father. Praise God. We're just really rushing now and we'll be, we'll be done soon. By God's grace. Praise God. Amen. So he says, um, let's just quickly go down. This was the beast, right? But in the verse 5, he says, And there was given unto him a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies. Are you seeing that? And then power was given unto him to continue 42 and 2 more, which is how, how much? Three and a half. Are you seeing that three and a half? Yes. That is his speaking region. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. If you come beyond that region, it's an overkill. You don't need his conversation in the, in the court and in the city. You don't need him. The world can do any job you need to do in that dimension. Praise God. But there's a, there's a dimension in where he speaks Praise God. For that three and a half years, you see it there as well. And see, and he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God. That's one. <laughs> Those are, these are the, the things you saw him do. When speaking against God, he can do that. Which are, that speaking against God is blasphemy of, the mo- of most holy nature. Against most holy nature. To blaspheme his name. And then you see, blaspheme his tabernacle and them that dwell in heaven. That is, so of course, them that dwell in heaven. When they say heaven, is that crossing. Praise God. Are you seeing that? So, so his speaking is actually in that region of holy things. Praise God. Hallelujah. Am I making sense to you? Amen. So, so you see that here... They measure the temple of God, measure the altar, and they measure the worshippers therein. Then verse 2, they now said, leave out the court. We've explained why they leave out the court, because they are now focusing on a conversation. Praise God. He said so. Then verse 3, he said, I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days, clothed in where? Clothed in sackcloth. Okay. Now, I will give power to my two witnesses. And they shall prophesy. Three and a half prophecies. So, they prophesy also in that end time as well. 
Amen. Amen. Then now says these are the two olive trees and the two candlesticks standing before who? The God of the earth. If any man will hurt them, fire proceeded out of their mouth and devoured their enemies. And if any man will hurt them, he must in this manner be, be killed. Praise God. Amen. Say these have power to shut heaven, that it rain not in the days of their prophecy. And have power over waters to turn them to blood and to smite the earth with all plagues as often as they will. And when they shall have finished their testimony. Say finished. finished. When they have finished their testimony. Then the beast which ascended out of the bottomless pit shall make war against them and shall overcome them and shall kill them. Praise God. Hallelujah. And their dead bodies shall lie in the street of the great city, which is spiritually called where? Sodom. And Egypt, where also our Lord was what? Crucified. And they of the people and the kindreds and tongues of na- and nations shall see their dead bodies three days and a half, and shall put, not suffer their dead bodies to be put in graves. And they that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, and shall and make merry and shall send gifts one to another because these two prophets tormented them that dwell on the on the earth amen okay so so you're seeing these two he called them my two witnesses amen now praise god Hallelujah. now these two he called my two witnesses they are installations of god inside of men Amen. Amen. They are installations of what? Of who? They are installations of men of God inside of men. Now, men in whom these things are installed in. Okay. They are. They are. They are not users mainly of these things. A lot of men. There are men who have this installation, but they are not users of it. There were men who used it before. Many of them were kings of the earth. There's something here. I want to ask you why did they say in verse 1? After you measure the temple and all that, they now say they measure the worshippers. They are bringing a separation between the temple and the worshippers therein. Who are worshippers? Users of the temple. They are, they are, that measurement means, look at this. You are separating those two entities. Are you getting me? So, you can see a man who has installation of this kind of thing. I mean, they have things in them that can war against and fight against this beast that rises out of the bottomless pit. But they are not users of that installation. Mm-hmm. 
Now, I want to picture this. Let me just say this now. This part they are speaking of here, where, who he called power to my two witnesses. These two witnesses, what is inside them that is speaking is not the spirit of life from God at first. Are you seeing that? Yes, but what is inside them that is speaking is also a witness that they have. That you see, and this witness, many men on earth have it. They are not users of it. They don't even know how to use it. But it's an installation that is there. Are you getting it? Let's say inside the man, there's a temple standing there. That temple has furnishing for things to happen. Now the capacity that what that temple can do, it has things there. Are you getting me? But the man who is the who's supposed to be the worshiper has he doesn't even know there's a temple inside him. He's clueless. He's just he's out there doing his own thing. Are you getting me? But evil spirits, the devil knows there's a temple in that place, and he has vowed, I'm going to get to that temple. I'm going to sit inside that temple as God. Every unbeliever on the street is carrying a temple inside of them. If there's no temple there, the devil will not even be wasting time. Why, is he follow- Why would the devil be following one man? Let's say, let's say one poor man, he doesn't have money, he doesn't have anything. Let's say even say a beggar. Let's say a beggar on the street, who, when in, who naturally speaking, he is nothing to write home about. When you go and track his life, there are still evil spirits. De- they, they don't say, ah, this one means, this is this one, this one is nothing, let's leave him and go somewhere else. There's still something inside him that attracts spirits. It's, a, it's, a, it's an installation, it's a building. That thing is too powerful. Because the devil knows if they can access that thing, that tiny man you see there can become a great problem to heaven. Am I making sense? That is, I want you to cite the treasure. That's what they are telling you to measure. What is inside of a man that makes spiritual entities interested in him is something that God put on the inside of every man. But the fact that a man is carrying it doesn't mean he even knows it's there. Doesn't mean he's a user of it. In terms of his life, he can be a Gentile completely. Are you getting me? But, but when... Praise God. Hallelujah. Are you getting me? Yes, sir. But if the, when they begin to make encroach into the temple, praise God. Hallelujah. Are you seeing it? Mm. Are you, are you, when the world has worked in a man, when you see a man that's worldly, what does that mean? It means that his own temple, parts of his own temple has been taken. Mm-hmm. Right? Now, who is using the temple? A worldly man. Is the Gentile spirit. He said here that they've taken the court, the city inside his heart has been taken. The court has been taken. The, the Gentile spirit has taken it over. That's why he's a worldly man. Are you getting my, are you, are you getting my point? Now, if you know, that man now, now got born again, After a while, you see everything I describe about gathering is to remove the Gentile spirit. Yes. 
from his land. When you can remove the Gentile spirit at a point, you, the man will not go, oh yeah, I'm a worshiper, I'm the one who should be using this place. <laughs> Milk can do that. You uninstall Gentile activity from the city inside the man. And the man who is a worshiper, who should be a worshiper, now comes and takes position. After a while, when the water of the world begins to come to him for washing, what happened? That water begins to also uninstall dominion. It's a dominion that has taken those positions. There's a war, dominion of the world. Are you seeing, are you seeing what I'm saying? That has taken the, that position of daily sacrifices. The Gentiles, imagine what Gentiles will do to, to, to altar when they see it. <laughs> they will just take that altar. You know every altar can be converted. They will just, they are, and you know, and Gentiles, their God is not one. They have many. So you see that altar will be serving many different purposes. Today we are serving, we are, we are offering sacrifice to a God called um, social media. <laughs> <laughs> sorry I said that please. Uh, sorry I'm just I'm very silly <laughs> so I can say silly things <laughs> but, but are you getting me men we have gods we have all kinds of things amen praise God today can be we are surprising the God to this God is called UEFA Champions League <laughs> there are many you see that you see that altar of brass that should be meant for daily sacrifices to God every day. You know that all kinds of gods are getting sacrificed. Why? Because the Gentile spirit has taken they took over the city at the point. They took over. Are you getting what I'm saying? Yes, sir. So the the purpose of cleaning a soul, making a soul clean first, they're now making a soul white. When the soul has been made white, a white soul has taken over that altar back. Yes. Are you seeing that? So who is, now, who is now the offerer on that altar? Is the spirit of Christ. Wow. That's the new spirit. He's now the user of that altar to sacrifice to God. That, then the daily sacrifice. Are you, are you getting it? So the meaning of this Revelation chapter 11 verse 1 is inside a man there are two things we need to measure. Measure the temple in a man. Measure his worshipping activity inside. His usage of that temple. Am I making sense? Are we making sense? Praise God. Amen. So you now see, every, every, when you see an unbeliever on the street, you see many of them, everybody has his temple. But so for a lot of unbelievers, it's not, there's no other spirit. It's just the, the Gentile spirit that is there and is using it to sacrifice to other gods. They've, they've trodden it underfoot. But, but you, you now find, you see those Gentiles, when they, now try, when they get to that altar, they now want to try and cross into the holy place inside that what? Heart. That's why there's one veil there they can't cross. There's a veil that is stopping them. Just Gentile strength can't cross that veil. You need another conversation. Because inside that veil, 
what makes the veil strong? The veil has ears. Two, the strength of the veil is from prophecy that's ongoing by two witnesses. And these two witnesses, they are the God's own witness which he has put inside every man. Even that unbeliever is inside. There's prophecy constantly ongoing inside the holy place of his heart. That's what stopped them. By the time they would do evil to a point, they say, we can't do more than this. This is where my evil stops. You can be a very bad stealer and everything, but it's, ah, let's blaspheme God. <laughs> it's not me and you. God is God, me and me. Let us be, let's be, let's be separate. You know a gentle conversation, no? Let's leave that thing off. Praise God. They don't, they don't even want to tamp, touch God. You know, Paul got to one place that these guys, they are gentiles. They have all kinds of altars and all to all their gods. But I'm sure inside them, you know, there's still one God that this one, they just, let's, this is his altar. We don't use it. We don't know him. We don't know him. <laughs> but we are afraid of him. <laughs> they put and they said to the unknown God. When Paul came and saw, he said, "Okay, you see this unknown God. That's the one I came to preach to you." <laughs> said Gentile, so now, now, do you think if it is the beast that's raising the altar, number one, there won't be many. It's just one altar. <laughs> it's one altar to his father, devil. There can never be an unknown. <laughs> who, who are you? Are you a god? You're not even a god. You're just there sitting down. <laughs> he has might too. What do you mean? You are not a god, really. It's just control you're using for all these cherubims and seraphims. You're just remote controlling them. It's, you're a deceiver. What's that nature? It's blasphemy. I think it's different from worldly nature. Worldly nature can create an altar to an unknown God. And they fear him. We are not, we are not, going, we are not even going there. Are, are you getting my point? Praise the Lord. So, so why is that? It's because inside every man there is that word. The, those prophets, who are the prophets, who is prophesying inside them that makes them fear? It's installation, praise God, of, I, I, we mentioned the, the new spirit, praise God, which is the spirit of Christ, that has the, the, the law of the spirit of life in Christ, amen, that we mentioned the, the spirit of life from God. There's one spirit I didn't mention before. It's the spirit in Genesis chapter Two that came out of God's nostrils when he breathed into Adam. The breath of life is also a life. It's not the spirit of it's not the life from God. It's not life in Christ. It is a life. Are you seeing that? When he breathed that breath of life, he said he breathed into him the breath of life, and then man became a living soul. That living soul is so he had the temple, it was correct. If you checked inside Adam in the beginning, you will see things were okay on the inside. At that breath, that was where the, in, there was the installation of when he called my two witnesses, they, it was that day they were installed into man and every child of Adam has that installation if you ask me where is this installation 
it is this is a spiritual thing. It's a difficult thing to communicate, but I'm trying by God's grace. But it's a very powerful understanding once your heart can can know it. You see this spirit, this prophecy. They are. You ask me where are they? Number one, they are everywhere. By everywhere, what do I mean? They are inside every man. The same way the world is inside every man. It's not only the world that is inside inside men. If you, because the world cannot inhabit, the world doesn't have the power to inhabit all of a man. It doesn't have the power to inhabit all of a man. It will go far, like I, I told you where to get to. When it gets to that, it can't go further anymore. And so imagine the season of when men, most men have lived on the earth. It's time when the world has gone as far as it can go. But yet, the, the one who can go further hasn't yet come. So are you getting me? Yes, so the rest space in men, what is there? This one is the one that God put there. Is a, they are witnesses. How many of you know that? Yes. How many of you know that? Let's say go to one remote island, a place where there is no Christianity. They've never preached before. Amen. They worship idols. They worship idols well. They are worldly. They are carnal and everything. How many of you know that if in such a place someone has a child and the child is growing, what will the child be learning? The child will be learning the world. Learn their idolatry. Learn their carnality. Learn everything. But is that all the child will learn? What else will the child learn? The child will also learn what is inside the remaining parts of their heart that the world did not get to. That is where that child, his goodness, it came from. His conscience, that's where it came from. Every man's conscience inherited it from his, this, the collective environment where, which the people who he grew up around created. That sense of what you can do, what you should fear, what you shouldn't do, what you shouldn't say. It's not, it's not active. It is, it is being communicated. <laughs> Are you getting me? So when the, the parent is raising his child, he's, he's giving his child the worldliness inside him. He's also giving the child the witness which God put inside him as well. That's why no man will just grow up and say, I'm just a devil, true and true. You can never be, was your father the devil, true and true? If your father was not a devil, true and true, there's no way you can ever be a devil, true and true. But what you can do is you can take what your parents gave you and move further with it. Am I making sense to you? So this is this what he calls um, my two witnesses is his installation inside every man. That part, that thing inside every man that's keeping the man from being completely destroyed. And every man has it. And is it, that thing is a troubler of men. Yes, it stops men from doing what they want. They, they do evil to a point. They can't do too much more. Because of this thing. Is there understanding here? Yes, are, are we getting it? Yes, Praise God. Yes, now, 
now 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 it's okay but you said that ah, this is the law and the prophet mm-hmm. <laughs> amen <laughs> praise god yeah. and then ask you what is the law and the prophets where did they come from are you getting it yeah what is that law that god gave moses it's nothing it's just what was already inside men let's write it out yes. <laughs> it wasn't anything new I mean, if you believe that. Yes. For the sake of preservation. Because if we just leave it inside men like that, in fact, in many of these men, that thing has gone. Yeah. So, but God had raised a prophet, and in that prophet, he had a healthy measure of that spirit. And God said, Okay, we'll take out of this dimension and then write it out for people. That's where the law came from. I'm not sure if you believe that. Only if you believe that there's nothing that God, Lord, there's nothing in the law that God gave Moses for Israel that Adam did not know. Yes, Do you know that? Yes, there's nothing, there was nothing new that. Yes, read, read it, there's nothing there. Adam knew all those, Adam even, probably even knew more. Yes, all those things that, that he was given, don't shall not do this, don't do this, don't say this, don't do that. Adam knew them. They were inside, they came through breath. That God gave unto Adam. But that bread began to diminish until God said, Okay, we want to preserve this nation for a long time. Let's extract it, put it out, lay it out, so that even when the inside one is dying, they can be reading it and be knowing for the purpose of preservation. Then then you see that's the law side of it. Then we now let's now let's divide it into two. Maybe some other time we'll talk about this that with law and prophet. Why they must be two? The difference between them. They are different. You need law and prophet inside a man. That is why witness in a man takes those two. If you take one, it's not complete. Amen? Amen. We'll talk about that some other time. But, but are you seeing the meaning of this thing? So what, what now happened? And now this book of Revelation, so... The real point, what they are showing with this chapter level, is they are now showing, you see those two witnesses inside a man that is, that is guarding the temple inside. He is showing here how they will be killed. Because they must be killed. They will have to be killed. If they cannot be killed, then you will not have season, no man will be destroyed. In order for you to destroy a soul, you must what kill them and then take over and in order to war against them you need uh, a stature a beastly stature an antichrist stature that can hear what they are prophesying then bring his counter argument which is what is called blasphemy it is what i mean he bring an argument higher you kill something about that witness. 
Are you getting me? Yes, sir. It's not easy to raise for to a spirit for, to see a spirit stature that can counter what the law and the prophet inside a man is saying. Mm-hmm. Okay. It takes a blasphemous stature mm. to do that. That's the nature of the Antichrist. That's why they say power will be given unto him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. What is over what how is, does he make war with the saints? It's by blaspheming what is in the saints. You see it there in that chapter 13. He blasphemed the temple, blasphemed the name, them, and then he spoke things against the saints. Amen. So, so that blasphemy is talking about he can blaspheme the hidden part. And a lot of men on the earth now, of course, the, John said that even the spirit of the Antichrist is already here. <laughs> Means that there are already men on the even right from that time of John. Of course, the season of revelation opened the end times. Praise God. So even at that time, you had Antichrist conversation. So you, you saw men who their temple has already begun to be encroached. That's the, that's the time of when you say a man has gotten into the end times or the last days. It's two things. When you say a soul is in the last days, it's two, two kinds of soul. It's either... The Antichrist has begun to talk to the soul, mm-hmm. or the man has taken up worship mm-hmm. to a point where inside his soul he has entered mm-hmm. into the holy place. Mm-hmm. Are you getting that? Yes, Those are the two kind of last time souls yes, you will have. And in the last time, you, you, will, you will soon get to a point where... So, are you seeing those things that happen inside soul? But because of the, the time and the season, there will now be almost a corporate dimension to it. Because it will, be, it will now be hard to find, in these last times, a soul where only his cut has been taken. It will be very, very difficult. A long, long time ago, there were such men. But now, it's going to be so hard to get such a man anymore. Why? Because of the conversation in the air. It's uh, become an uh, antichrist. You've taken, we've taken the, the, the purple of the world, and they have, they have mixed scarlet into it. it. means the wine which the world is serving now has scarlet inside it. And that is, means that any man who is hearing that conversation, there is power to... Break his first veil inside the heart. So you hardly find any man on the earth now. We are getting to that point whose first veil is still intact. And there will soon be a time on the earth where there will be no man on the earth whose first veil is still intact. You have those who have worshipped into the first veil, and then you have those who what the Antichrist has entered into the first veil. When we get to that season on the earth, that's why we say we are collectively in the last days. Praise God. Does that make sense? So, so in this chapter 11, you see that a fire. So the way that they are speaking is a fire that should go out and hurt anything that will. Verse 5. That will, they devour their enemy. But when you see the Antichrist, praise God, Antichrist is... Is he himself? He's all. He's more than. When you say fire, this their fire cannot deal with him. Can you tell me why? He is hell himself. He's a hell boy. <laughs> Praise God. So he's like 
he has a are you getting me? Yes, sir. Uh-huh. So praise God. Yeah. Then I'm sorry. We're almost done. Praise God. Yeah. Then after you will now see a time, the beast which ascended out of the bottomless feet. What verse is that? Verse 7. See, and when they shall have finished their testimony, the beast that has sent out of a bottomless speech shall make war against them and shall overcome them and kill them. So this will happen to every natural man who does not, who never receives the spirit of life from God. After a while, this will, and when that thing has been, over, been killed in men, men will now feel free. They begin to give gifts. They begin to celebrate. Why? They are, they've killed their conscience eventually. Praise God. But it now, now says here that, so verse 10 says, They that dwell upon the earth shall rejoice over them, make merry. There will be a time of this killing. Amen. You will, we will see it on the earth. We will, see, we, are beginning, we will begin to see it little. We are seeing it little by little. Men are beginning to have, to get, get a premonition, a, a sense that, their conscience is close to being overcome. So they are already beginning to, to give gifts and to celebrate. When a soul gets to the point, all of a sudden, I don't feel... See that fear of God I used to have? Fear, being afraid of God, being afraid of hell, all those things. Wow, I'm now free. I can say anything. I can, I can insult God. I can blaspheme Christians. You know, have, you, you know, have you seen such natures before? It's not a pride. They're happy. We are no longer under that bondage of religion, all those yes. things. We have moved forward. We are, it's a sign. They are checking inside their heart. They are seeing that, that thing that used to constrain them before. They are no longer feeling it anymore. Are you seeing? They are, they, are, they are happy that their conscience is getting close to being destroyed. Praise God. Then this verse is now saying, okay, after. So it has showed us that this thing can be killed. And this is how we kill it. And how it will be killed. But then they are now showing us, okay, there is another one. Mm-hmm. Praise God. Hallelujah. That can come. Verse 3. It says, After three days and a half, the spirit of life from God did what? Entered into them. And they stood upon their feet. And great fear fell Upon them which saw them. Praise God. I love the word after three days and a half. After three days and a half. The spirit of what? Of life from God. Fell upon them. Okay. So are you seeing this spirit of life from God now? No man has this thing. Just by himself. Just like that. Every man who will have this spirit of life from God. Praise God. Must have must have received it. And he said, these three and a half days is telling you that it is the, the season in a soul when the installation of the spirit of life from God happens inside of a man. Praise God. So this is the spirit that what I'm a soul it moves into the last times. Amen. Amen. 
the purpose of the spirit of Christ is to connect this spirit. Praise God. This spirit, you see what happened when it entered into them. They stood upon their feet and then great fear fell upon them which saw them. And then they heard a great voice from heaven saying unto them, Come up hither. And they ascended. So this, come up hither and ascending is talking about what? Overcoming. So the first one that they called my two witnesses were overcome. These new ones ascended. So these ones, that ascension is overcoming. Now, what it calls the spirit of life from God entering into them. Now, okay. Although the, in this verse, for the purpose of teaching, they show that they were first killed, the other spirit went and died, and then this one came. That's not how it's going to happen. This is just to show you. Uh-huh. This spirit of life from God entering into them is the same thing they made reference to in the book of Daniel. And judgment sat. Do you remember? They were, the saints were being warred against and being prevailed against until judgment sat. Then they possessed the kingdom. What makes judgment sit? Books were open. The book that's open is the is the giver of the spirit of life from God. Uh, am I making sense to you? Are you seeing that? So, so what we actually happen is that the opening of judgment in the last days. Praise God, and. To, I believe this has began to happen already. The giving of this spirit. Maybe not everybody can partake of this, but at a level, those who have grown to a level, they've already began to open up the books. Amen. And this word from this dimension, I believe this convention that's starting tomorrow will be a lot of utterances of this spirit. At this level, there has been a great opening on the earth for the, remember, the ancients of days to sit until the ancient of days sat and then books were opened. So, judgment, say judgment. 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 I, I saw something on. Concerning the convention, I just want to read this. I think we can, after reading this, then we can go. Praise God. I think it must have been a prophecy concerning the convention that the Lord gave him. I'm just going to read this. It says, The burden of the Lord for Bacon 2020. Praise God. So it says, The Lord, this year's convention will be characterized with a lot of ministry of heavenly beings. That is angels. Amen. There will be an infusion, invasion, 
intervention and participation of heavens. There will be a very vivid and clear ministration of the throne. Thrones will be brought down to minister to us. God will cast thrones down and thrones will minister for a witness. There are also this, these are also the seasons of great judgment. We are in the days of judgment. Judgment on the earth and the judgments of God's throne. Praise God. This is Daniel. Praise God. This time will no longer hold back and seasons no longer wait. Remember I said there should be time no longer. Praise God. Say, for Elohim, the mighty judge, the most high himself, has already sent decree that his judgment begins and go forth without delay. We are going to see judgment. Judging and judgment will be made clear. It is in judgment that we will find, conceptualize, and discern his reign, which is his majesty on high. This is because we will be brought into judgment. Many will see it and have understanding. This is the understanding that the Son of God is bringing, the judgment of eternal life for the true God. In judgment, he will be known. For the Lord will judge and the Lord will judge. Amen. For the Lord will go forth in judgment. He is judging. See the Lord. You will judge and he will judge. Amen. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Um, so this is, this is a blessed season. Some of us will be seeing the season afar off or we still need to behold it. It's a power. If you feel like nobody should feel like we are not there and all that, don't worry. If you feel like, ah, oh, there's still a while to go before I hear these things. No. There's, there are things that can happen to you in ministrations higher than you. Amen. Because there's so, so, there's so much about a man to bring a man, to make a man journey apart from what he can understand now. There are utterances that will come your way. They, won't, they, they, will not, they will not sit as full comprehension inside you. They will just affect the environment around you. Tamper with your own heavens. They will just install things that, that you will come into later. Are you getting it? Uh, so this season, nobody should play with it. It's not a time for you to say, ah, well, let me just, this is too high. No, no, no. This is God speaking. They don't make mistake. And every soul who is a candidate for this blessing, there's a... There's a purpose in God why he's giving every one of us the opportunity to be blessed by this. Praise God. I want you to say, say spirit of life from God. Spirit of life from God. I want you to, to see that spirit as your target. Just cite it somewhere. Even though say, okay, yeah, I'm still coming into Christ's spirit. And, but, yeah, but don't lose sight of that one. Because that's the one that will make you overcome. That one is your safety. That is your immunity. So, when you keep citing that spirit, there's something in your heart that will say, I will do everything to have it. Amen. Amen. And I pray as we journey that grace will begin to be ministered to us. Let's, just, let's, yeah, let's begin to pray. Let's just um, begin to talk to God. and Paranasiha. Mm, thank you. Christiosi Christ. Master Paranossi Vedonste Paranasanta Liga Rabosto Pramagoste O 
I want to let's pray for a bit. Let's just pray. The Bible says we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit makes intercession for us with groanings uh, that can not be altered. Let's let's by prayer just just let expose our hearts to the the blessing of the season. So, let us register our test, our hunger in the in the heavens. Masivana Tona. Mante di Kalo Zutra di Delibrando Zutra di Vede Zutra Sama Susta Tata Lega Felica Mana Uske Kistu Zutrede Embrazane Marana Zuske Nukayendo Saske Nukasku Sutra Taya Demu Zutra Skasuya Lamadu Mude Mude Zutra Nukrede Nukamadu Mude Zutra Embrazane Sistu Sazi Sarafete Kali Tata Kala Tata Kali Tata Gedi Tata Gedi Tata Father, thank you. Lord, we've registered our quest. We have registered our desire, interest, subscribing, Father, to this blessing. Father, I pray you will hear every heart that has prayed unto you. Hear every one of us. Lord, we are believing you for great furtherance and hastening of journeying for our hearts to partake, Lord. Father, we thank you. Thank you for this word today. Thank you because your spirit will expound it more. Thank you for this season of great blessing we receive everything help our hearts to be positioned accurately perfectly father to receive all the blessing which heaven is about to bring what you're bringing to us thank you father give glory to your name we worship you i pray for everyone lord Release grace to be blessed. Amen. Ability to be blessed. Amen. Help from heaven. Amen. Upon every heart. Amen. Every dry place, let waters emerge. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Holy Spirit, you are the the Lord of the harvest. You are the one who relates and relates the things of God, who ministers them. 
you know every heart you have a personal insight into how to bless every heart holy spirit come and bless in your manifold wisdom let things be added to us lord that can never be taken away thank you our father we give all the glory to your name worship your holy name in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for You dwells between the cherubim shine for